Alright, a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin was salatu was salam ala rasulihil karim wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Let us begin with a recitation silently of Surah Al-Fatiha. Um, silently from the heart and make the intention that Allah places his light and his knowledge into your heart. A'udhu billahi. Okay, alhamdulillah. So um, <clears throat> I hope all of you are well. And um, today I wanted to talk about the concept of dua from a spiritual perspective. It's one of those areas where there's a lot of confusion. And the classic question that comes up is I make so much dua, but why doesn't Allah answer my dua? You know, and this causes so much. Uh, so much doubt in people's minds sometimes it causes you to uh, it causes your faith to kind of get shaken and weaken you know sometimes it has uh, an adverse effect meaning that you you're like you know what this doesn't work I don't want this right this is all a big scam you know and uh, so how to understand the concept of dua okay um so inshallah to talk about that, I wanted to share with you the screen. Give me a second here. I'm using my son's laptop, so I need to just update the privacy settings. Just give me a second, inshallah. Okay, I guess this is not going to work. So, so no worries, inshallah. I'll just read, read it out for you guys. So the, the classic ayah that comes up is um, Allah subhanahu wa says in the Quran, he says uh, in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَإِذَا أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسَّجِيبُ لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُ بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ And uh, you know, so this is addressing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing the Prophet. And he says, Whenever my servants ask you about me, 
I am indeed very close. And then right after that, in the same ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I respond to the call of the caller when he calls. And the same ayah, and therefore, let them also respond to me. Let them have faith in me. So that may, they may be set in the right direction or in the right path. And, um, you know, this is something that uh, Allah describes to us, his closeness, which is really beautiful here, you know. Um, and the way Allah says, the way Allah responds to this question, when they ask you about me, Allah didn't, doesn't tell the Prophet tell them I am near. He says, فَإِنِّي قَرِيب Like, I am indeed very near, you know. He didn't say to the Prophet فَقُلْ لَهُمْ إِنِّي قريب. No, he just, like, it's as if he addresses directly to us without even the Prophet explaining it to us. فَإِنِّي قريب. I am therefore very, very close to you. أُجِيَبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دعان. I answer to the, or respond to the call of the caller. So the first thing I wanted to say is um, this, uh, like sometimes we read just one part of the ayah and we forget the continuation. Allah says, I answer the call of the caller when he calls, right? And then we, we uh, start making requests to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then we have a list of all the du'as that we want and then nothing happens. And we wait and wait and wait and nothing happens. And we're like, wait a second. Allah says, I, I respond to the call of the caller when he, when he asks or calls. Where is the response? But what we don't realize is there's a continuation. In the same ayah, Allah says, Then let them, in exchange, also respond to me. Let them also respond to my call. Well, you minubi, and let them have faith in me. Let them trust me. Let them feel safe with me. Right? So, what we're learning from this ayah is that, um, you know, we also need to look at our state on our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before just, you know, using dua as a means to fulfill our desires and wishes and requests. We need to ask ourselves, before asking ourselves, has, why isn't Allah responding to my request? We should ask ourselves, are we responding to Allah's requests? Allah has made requests to us in the Quran, many of which are known to most of us. And so the question we need to, before even attempting to ask Allah for anything, we should ask ourselves, where are we from what Allah has requested from us. Have we have we responded to his have we responded to his call? Have we believed in him? Have we deeply like built this faith and this trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So that's one aspect of um, you know this concept of dua is that instead of focusing on Allah being the Allah's response to our dua, we should be more concerned about our response to Allah's uh, requests, you know, Allah's demanded certain things from us. And so, so therefore, that should be one of our focuses. And, you know, there's a, 
um, there's a saying of the Prophet Sallallahu where Allah, the Prophet says, Inna Allah tayyibun la yaqbalu illa tayyiban. Allah is pure and he does not accept anything which is impure or he accepts only that which is pure, right? Uh, which is kind of like the whole idea of this law of attraction thing, right? Where Allah is, of course, positive, right? And so therefore the dua that goes to Allah subhanahu also needs to go uh, from a positive heart, right? And, um, you know, another way to understand this is that there's another hadith of the Prophet where he says that, So the Prophet is talking about this man who has prolonged his journey of traveling. He has messy hair filled with dust. His clothes are filled with dust because obviously these are the signs of a long journey and him being tired and you know walking in the desert and that kind of thing. And then this man, obviously he's in a desperate situation, right? The Prophet tells us, This man, raises his hands in disguise and he says, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb. Right? So therefore, you know, summary of the scene, a man is desperately walking a long journey, right? Messed up hair, dirty clothes, raising his hands, seeking something. Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb. He's asking Allah for something. But then in the same continuation of the hadith, the Prophet tells us, وَمَطْعَمَهُ haram." And the food that he eats is from haram means. haram, And he's drinking haram, right? So he's eating haram, he's drinking haram. haram, The clothes he's wearing is haram. And everything that he's consumed is, is consumed with money that's haram. And then this hadith ends with the question, then how is it possible that this man's dua will be accepted? You know, so what we understand from this also uh, in relation to the previous ayah is that this man is concerned with asking, right? But he hasn't really given much attention to what kind of food he's eating, what kind of drink he's drinking, what kind of clothes he's wearing, and what kind of income he's consuming right and and earning and so it, it really changes your focus to the idea of being concerned with am i obeying allah subhanahu am i living a life of obedience to allah subhanahu am i living a life of servitude to allah subhanahu um, am i trying my best now of course all of us have shortcomings we have flaws right and of course the bab of the toba the door of toba is open so am i doing istighfar regularly for all my shortcomings Am I trying my best to do that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Am I trying my best to stay away from that which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know? and, um, and that is really what the focus uh, really should be on. Now, another discussion that uh, I wanted to make over this idea of dua is that for a lot of people, dua is used as a means to fulfill their dreams and wishes and goals, right? So it's as if the dua is a means and then there is a higher goal, right? Whereas um, if you look at 
the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about dua, right? So in this ayah, Allah says, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اِدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ And Allah says, make dua, اِدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ I will respond to you. And in the same ayah, Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَةِ سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Those who يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ means that they see themselves highly or they have this arrogance and pride عَنْ عِبَادَةِ so the, their arrogance and pride doesn't allow them to uh, worship Allah, right? They will indeed be disgraced in the hellfire. Now, in the same ayah, Allah is talking about dua, but then he says, those who are arrogant in my ibadah, from being my, like, from, from worshiping me. What's the connection with dua and ibadah? Right? Allah could have said, those who are arrogant... Uh, and their arrogance is not letting them make dua, but he doesn't say that. He says, Those whose arrogance is not letting them worship me. So the ulama have, have explained this ayah to mean that dua and ibadah is actually the same thing. And the Prophet has actually confirmed this when he says in the hadith, dua huwa al Right? Uh, and in Surah Al-Fatiha, in fact, you know, the central ayah of Surah Al-Fatiha has إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ And so in, on one hand, we're saying إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ Oh Allah, only you and only you do we worship. And you and only you do we seek help from. And what is dua? Is, is seeking help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this isti'ana is actually the dua. So dua and isti'ana are two sides of the same coin. Which means... The dua is actually meant to be the goal of a believer rather than the means to a different goal, right? Instead of using the dua as a means to seek worldly gain and worldly benefit and fulfilling of our dreams and wishes and desires, which most people do, right? What if we changed our perspective and attitude towards dua and we made dua itself the goal where basically you and your act of raising your hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course after after being mindful of your um, you know actions and attitudes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what if your dua was like your attitude was that ya Allah I'm making dua because you asked me to make dua you know I'm not making dua for some from hidden personal agenda. No, I'm making dua, ya Allah, because I'm fulfilling your command. You you said, ud'uni astajib lakum. So Allah actually commanded us to make dua, right? And so your intention for making dua is, ya Allah, I'm making dua because you asked me to make dua, right? And after your dua is over, you just basically are grateful for the fact that Allah blessed you with this ability to make dua, right? Allah gave you tawfiq to make dua. And um, that's it, end of end of story, right? Like you are not now obsessed with when Allah will answer your dua, uh, whether, you know, how is it gonna show up? You know, you don't, you're actually completely detached from the, the response because your intention of making dua was to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, that act of making dua is in and of itself an act of worship, right? Just like you pray 
just like you, you know, fast or whatever, you're making dua because Allah told you to make dua, right? And uh, you can ask for, of course, anything you want, right? But most people make the mistake of getting stuck with the anticipation of the response of how it's going to be answered, when it's going to be answered, and they get stressed out that my dua is not being answered and, you know, maybe Allah is not listening to me, maybe this, maybe I'm not good enough, maybe that, you know, and you go into this vicious cycle of just one thought after another, after another. What if we just completely stopped and said, you know what, I made dua, ya Allah, uh, I am fully confident, like you have full trust. Notice, he says in the, in the ayah, right? Uh, so, like, Allah is saying, let them focus on answering my call. And let them have deep faith and trust so that they may perhaps be guided, right? So these are the two things. After making dua, we go back into asking ourselves and contemplating and reflecting on, you know, how good of a abd am I? Like, what are the shortcomings that I need to work on? How can I purify my heart better? How can I improve my character better? Uh, what are the bad habits that I need to get rid of slowly, slowly? What are the good deeds that I can uh, start accumulating? How can I become a better mu'min or mu'mina? How can I get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? With a purer heart. And so you're, you're now focused on the istijaba to Allah. Not waiting for Allah in yastajib lik. No, how can I astajib to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Read the Quran, read the hadith of the Prophet learn about what the, you know, the rights of Allah are upon you. Um, how can you get closer to him? How can you embody the character of the Prophet in a better way? And that's the second part, right? Is you made dua, خلاص. خلاص. You, close, you close that door, right? You don't let shaitan come in and, and make waswasa for you. Uh, where is this dua at? How come Allah didn't answer it? No, you just close the door, door and you say, I have full 100% yaqeen and trust that this dua is answered by Allah. Because Allah says, astajib lakum. Allah will respond. Now, how Allah responds, that is his business, not our business. Uh, and so therefore, we need to let go of these conditions that we put with the du'as, right? Uh, or even in our ibadah, sometimes like our attitude with Allah is, Ya Allah, I'll, be, I'll worship you on the condition that you get me married or on the condition that you get me the job or get me the promotion or make my business successful or get my children on the right track, right? So we put all these conditions, which is actually bad adab and manners, right? We as a Muslim or a Muslima, we surrender fully to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever plan, whatever path Allah has put us on, whatever challenges come our way, we embrace them, right? Knowing fully that this is part of Allah's plan and we have full deep trust that there is some wisdom. Allah is Al-Hakim. There is some wisdom in this uh, that, you know, is even beautiful, but maybe beyond our knowledge, beyond our ability to comprehend and understand. Because Allah is full, you know, Allah is khabir. He sees the big picture. We don't, right? You have been given nothing but just very, very little knowledge, right? 
عن آيات الكرسي ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء. You don't have إحاطة of anything of Allah's knowledge, right? Like you don't encompass and understand the full, the full picture from all angles, except with what Allah just gives you a bit of, you know. So this manners and adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is really what is required here is that, you know, you make dua for the sake of making dua. That's it. There's no hidden personal agenda. You're not putting any conditions. And you're asking Allah with humility with uh, and with deep yaqeen and patience, right? Uh, and patience is the key here, right? Because Allah could answer your dua in a way that is very indirect. Sometimes Allah removes the harm from you rather than give you what you actually want. Sometimes He gives you something, gives you something completely different. You don't realize it until later on that, oh my God, this was Allah answering my dua by sometimes not giving us what we want because Allah wants something better for us, right? And so part of the disease here is like just love of this dunya, right? Like sometimes our du'as are so like materialistic and like, you know, we want, we want the car and the house and the, uh, you know, the wife and the husband and the this and that. And, and that's fine. I mean, you can ask for all of this, but when that becomes your objective and, you know, you're obsessed about just these material things, then uh, life becomes very difficult, right? Because Allah has a plan for you that could be very, very different. And it usually is very different than what you plan for yourself and what your design of life is, right? And so, um, you know, I hope this was a beneficial reminder on the different aspects of how dua, like just our, our perspective on how we make dua and why we make dua. If that shifts a bit, it will, inshallah, improve our relationship with Allah and uh, inshallah, it will... Um, give you a better experience of making dua, inshallah. So um, let us, inshallah, end with uh, a dhikr, inshallah, and then I will give you some time to also make dua also, right? Because part of making dua is the presence of the heart, right? You, when you make dua, you need to be present. And so a good, a good time to make dua is right after the dhikr, right? Because during the dhikr, if you notice, like, you know, once you're done, you're really present, your heart is engaged, there's, you know, the emotions are there. And so after that, you can end it with a dua. And don't forget, of course, your brothers and sisters on the call and everyone who's listening to this. Be uh, generous in your duas with everybody, inshallah. All right. So, inshallah, take a few deep breaths, close your eyes. Inhale and exhale from your nose. Inhale, cool light. Exhale, dark smoke. Okay, let us begin reciting or repeating Ya Salam. Calling upon Allah, the source of all peace. Ya Salam. Allow yourself to focus on the feeling of peace in your heart. 
and dive deeper into it. Fill your heart with the emotion of peace and tranquility. Because only with the remembrance of Allah does the heart attain peace. Continue. Ya Salam. Allow the feelings that come along with the name to carry you. Immerse yourself into that feeling. Surrender to it completely. Let your heart overflow with that emotion. Very good. Let's move on to Ya Hadi. Allah, the source of guidance. You're calling upon Allah, the one who takes you out of darkness into light. The one who is guiding you every step of the way. This gives you a feeling of contentment and relief that you are not alone. There is no fear of getting lost. Allah is there right next to you, close to you. You are never alone. Ya Hadi. Very good, let's move on to Ya Hafil. Allah, the protector. And there is a deep feeling of love in this name. Because Allah only protects us because he loves us deeply. So feel this love and this, this protective love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. Be grateful for it, appreciate it. Feel it deep in your heart. Allah is protecting you every step of the way. You don't need to be afraid. Allah has got your back. Ya Hafiz repeats. Very good. Now you can start making your dua, inshallah. Start with praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
Sending your peace and blessings to the Prophet and then begin your Dhaj. All right, mashallah. Very good. Barakallah fikum, and uh, I hope uh, this session on da'a, inshallah, will uh, be of benefit to all of you, inshallah. <laughs>